Welcome back to So Wait Pause, the podcast where we pair a good and bad movie and get drunk while we do it. This is Ashley, and I'm with my favorite drinking buddy, Sean. Hey. Hi, on this icy, icy day. Very icy. Not quite as icy as yesterday, but still pretty terrible. I keep looking outside to see what else is correct. Yeah. So by the time this goes out, we'll probably be well past the Memphis ice storm, but... Um, you and I have a really bad habit of not taking these severe storm warnings seriously. I remember earlier in the week saying, should we go get stuff? And you said, there's no way. You were completely making this up. No, you for real told me. I I remember very clearly that you were like, this is not a big deal. I did not say that this is not a big deal. I said that like, I don't want to go fight the crazy people who think that ice means you need bread and eggs. Yeah. Instead, I had to fight those crazy people <laughs> who, on the day that it was the worst. <laughs> well, at least we had a uh, fire stuff this time. We have a lot of fire stuff. <laughs> we we're going to have that for at least a couple more months. Did we go through the the water from the last ice storm? Yeah, the water's all gone. <laughs> but yeah, if you're in Memphis, I hope that your property is okay. I mean, really, if you're anywhere from Maine down to Texas, it, it went like the whole, like diagonally across that whole swath. Yeah, but I'm speaking specifically on my Memphis experience. You and I, I don't know, I don't know if we made a deal with the devil or what we did, but we're the only people that we know that kept power. And we didn't have a tree fall on us. Not yet. There's, there's still time, Sean. It's all still frozen. <laughs> well, we've had a lot of tree limbs break, but yeah. they're just hanging or they are somewhere else. They're not above our roof. Yeah. Yeah. It's lucky. Uh, but I mean, these trees are encased in ice. I've never seen a tree this encased in ice. And I've lived in much colder places. And like, you always get frost and stuff, you know, or like little icicles hanging off the branches. Some of the big branches that fell, every single inch of it was in, it was like it was inside of an ice cube. Yeah. Like not an inch, but like, you know, a couple centimeters of ice all the way around every single branch. That That's insane. Yeah. It's because of, I guess, like how heavy it was raining. It was raining really hard. And then I guess immediately freezing because it wasn't that cold compared to last year where yeah, it was I mean, like, that's like what I couldn't understand. Cause like on Wednesday, like in the afternoon, like it was 60 and then by Thursday morning, it was like 25. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and all this stuff froze when it was like 30. Yeah. Which science lesson for people. It doesn't have to be much below freezing. <laughs> it just has to be below freezing. <laughs> Yeah, it was so weird because, like, on Thursday morning, like, when I woke up, like, I could hear the rain. And I was, like, you know, knowing that we were supposed to be experiencing ice, I was, like, okay, I'm going to go look out the window and look what it's like. And it was just raining. Like, there wasn't any ice. Mm -hmm. I swear when I got back up 25 minutes later and looked out the window, it was all ice. Yeah, I mean, it didn't take long. And I, I think part of the problem, too, is how windy it was. Yeah. And that's definitely why so many things broke. Like, so many big branches broke because... They got so brittle mm-hmm. with because they're encased in ice, and then mm-hmm. the wind just like literally snapped them like a like a twig. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the wind that really became problematic. Uh, I mean, kind of the creepiest thing I've ever been around mm-hmm. because when I went outside to go get the groceries that we didn't, didn't want to fight people for before the storm, <laughs> instead I fought them on the day of the storm. When I was outside, it was like every rustle of the tops of the trees sounded like you were like tinkling like kind of like wind chimes but it was like it was weird because like the whole tree was making a noise because of how frozen it was and it was shaking Mm -hmm. from top to bottom because of the wind Mm -hmm. i don't know it's creepy and then i saw a couple big trees fall and when they fell it was like an immediate like it just completely shattered and then like a cloud just filled the air right 
20 feet around the tree. Right. It's weird. Luckily, like, nobody in our immediate vicinity had, like, full trees uprooted. But, like, our poor neighbors across the street, like, they had some huge parts of their tree yeah. fall off. And you and I, like, watched one happen, like, in separate rooms. <laughs> like, we were, like, it was so weird. Like, I was on one side of the house, you were on the other, but we were both looking out the window when it happened. I've never seen a tree fall like that because it, like, split in half. Yeah. It didn't even... It's not like a big branch just cracked and fell off. It's like the tree literally split in half like you're peeling a banana. And I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. It went, like, straight down. <laughs> and it was, that was a pretty big tree, too. Yeah. Well, luckily, you were somehow off work. Last year, when we had the snow apocalypse, you were not off work. Yeah, it's because we have so many hybrid people and fully back on campus right. people. So now it's not all remote. So I just got lucky. I was not off work, though. I would like to have the ability one of these days, like, I hope that, like, I don't want the idea of the snow day to be dead. Yeah, like, at this rate, it's going to be dead if they switch so much to remote work. Yeah. But at some point, especially if there's a, a risk of power outage, mm -hmm. then you just need to give the day off for that. Even if it's not, like, you know, if it's just snow, if this was powdery snow, then, mm -hmm. then so what? 30% of the city lost power mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. That is, like, well, like, at that point, one-third right, mm -hmm. of the whole city had no power. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that fluctuated throughout the day. Right. For other people, you know, schools were closed, like, for everyone. So some people had their kids at home and whatever else, or they had to go look for groceries or whatever, plus all the trees falling. So even people who didn't lose power might have lost internet because right. we all <laughs> we have right. above-ground internet lines that run into the... Right. I don't know, it's just so a mess. I've, the reason I was saying that, I was like, so I kind of feel like, though, that, like, so like yesterday, our good friends had to come stay the night with us because they didn't have power. Mm -hmm. They have a toddler and dog and a cat. And so they came and spent the night with us. So I was like, I got like a post-work snow day because like we made dinner. We had a good time. We had some drinks. We all hung out, whatever. And like right now, like I feel like you and I are getting like a snow night because like we're like doing stuff we wouldn't normally do. Like just because. You mean watch a movie like we do? No, Every week. <laughs> I see him, like, making dinner together and having plans. I don't know. We're, we haven't had stay-in plans in a long time. Yeah, yeah, But it's funny because tonight is a movie night, and you're like, we never get to stay in and watch <laughs> two back-to-back -back movies and record. Well, we do, we do but, lot, like, we always order food in. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I don't know. There's, like, movie night because of the podcast has become very formulaic in a way. Yeah. And, like, obviously, I still love it, and and want to do it but like i don't know tonight just feels a little bit different sure because we're under like immediate threat of having our roof caved in <laughs> i hate you <laughs> <laughs> if aaron is listening to this do you see why that i constantly am thinking of ways that my house can kill me i am not the reason for the majority of your anxiety you are a huge part of it uh, especially things about the house well about the house yes i get a, a very anxious about the house but also I sit and say things like, please find out who can trim trees. Why we is that my responsibility? Because you're the one with Nextdoor. At one point in time, only one person per residence could sign up for Nextdoor. And I don't think that's true anymore. So I should probably just go and look at it. You can have mine. I never get on it anymore. Yeah. There's too many crazy people who have too much time on their hands. Yeah. Well, all the people who just like are retired, those are the people who post like nonstop. Yeah. The people who just like sit and like literally look out their window. And complain about everyone in the neighborhood. Yeah. 
We used to have a couple of those in our rental property who were like, literally, I guess 90% of the time they were just looking out the window and they'd be like, Mm -hmm. I saw this person who I don't recognize. Right. Should they be in the neighborhood? (laughs) One of the times it was like a guy who lived in the neighborhood. He's just collecting golf balls. Yep. (laughs) Like went over the fence of the local golf course. How dare he? She like almost called the police on that guy. (laughs) Well, on our snow day movie night... We are watching a listener pick from our friend George. He came up with the pairing of Josie and the Pussycats yep. in Spice World. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen either. I was not allowed to see either of these movies when they came out. When did Josie and the Pussycats come out? Uh, 2001. Okay. Yeah. So um, you would have been in middle school. Yeah. Mi madre, who was, you got to hear on the Garfield episode. Yeah. Um. She was very strict, and, like, there's no logic to what she was strict about. But I think, I like, now as an adult, I just think it was, like, she banned everything that she didn't, like, want anything to do with. Right. Like she didn't want to listen to Backstreet Boys. So, oh, you can't listen to Backstreet Boys. Oh, I heard an Instinct song I like. You can listen to Instinct, but not Backstreet Boys. You know? <laughs> well, that sounds exactly like something you would do. I am my mother's daughter. <laughs> I mean, 100% that sounds like something you would do. If we were watching a kid... You would definitely be like, oh, none of whatever, <laughs> like the most annoying of the kids' shows, but you can watch this less annoying kids' show. Right. Also funny, I talked to my mom this week, and she told me that um, Ken, my stepfather, wants to listen to the show, and so she asked that I email him the link to the show, and I said, he can't listen to the show because he gets very offended every time I say fuck, and I say fuck all the fucking time on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Just I so Ken, if you did actually find the show, I'm sorry, but I'm not changing my mouth. <laughs> I don't say it very much. It's part of my lexicon. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, so let's talk about choosing the Pussycat. So I told you already that it was filmed or it came out in 2001. I should say. Yep. Rotten score not great for uh, it to be our good but movie. That's our good movie. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> oh well. Um. So it has Rachel Lee Cook. Uh, she's all that fame. Okay. Tara Reid of Tara Reid fame uh-huh. and Rosario Dawson. Okay. They're who make up Josie and the Pussycats. Um, so they are three small town girl mu- musicians determined to take their rock band out of their garage and straight to the top while remaining true to their look, style, and sound. They get a record deal, which brings fame and fortune, but soon realize that they are pawns of two people who want to control the youth of America. They must clear their names, even if it means losing fame and fortune. Of course, this is based off the Archie comic series it's just funny that the archie comics they like denounced this movie mm-hmm. when it came out because it was like too racy mm-hmm. but now like they're really huge supporters of riverdale which is like way too racy yeah so so weird weird but a nice crossover from last week missy piles in this movie oh who wow played like one of the love alien interest and galaxy quest yeah the one that tony Shalhoub falls in love with yep Exactly. So, yeah, came out in April 2001, directed by Deborah Kaplan and Harry Afont. Um, they also did the movie Can't Hardly Wait, which is on my short list of movies to bring to the podcast. Hmm. Yeah, I was able to find drinking rules to this, um, excitingly. So these are from Party Pingo. Party Pingo? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So the first one is when you see product placement. And I read a trivia fact that said had over this movie has over 70 product sponsors. <laughs> so it's going to be like iPopstar. Yeah. <laughs> is that what that was called? iPopstar? No. Are you I, talking about just talking about 
No, pop star. Pop star. Yeah, with I Eric Carter. Yeah, we watched I it with Itania, so I called it I Pop Star. <laughs> I think that was the name of the episode, right? No, yeah, it was. Okay, so Pop Star, right? Because yeah. that one is like PT Cruiser, RC Cola, Fanta, Fanta. Yeah. Um. Anytime someone says jour, like soup jour. Yeah, yeah. Um. I got it. <laughs> what well, else I, didn't would I, I think? Was? I didn't know if I said it like clearly enough for you to understand. <laughs> okay. Uh, Valerie gets jealous. Who's Valerie? Don't know. Okay. Um, Josie tells somebody what to do. Who's Josie? Uh, Rachel Lee Cook. I know that one. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and someone says, is the new, kind of like orange is the new black. Okay. And that's, those are the rules. Wow, that's limited. Hopefully, I think those are great rules. They're going to sing, right? Because they're a band. I, w- I would hope. So we could also, like, it's a pretty standard rule that we do, like, if mm-hmm. they start singing a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we do that for most things, if they're in a band or if they are in, uh, if it's a musical, actually, mm-hmm. like we're not just a band playing, but like a full-on musical, mm-hmm. we normally do like every time a song starts. Mm-hmm. So that's one that we can. Yeah. I mean, are they are they gonna have a famous song? Is this gonna be like the one with Colin Hanks? Uh, so I don't know, and this is this is me like. Complete... Wait, it was Tom Hanks, right? Yeah. Well, Colin Hanks did. Colin Hanks a, was in. Had it. a cameo. Yeah, yeah, but Tom Hanks was the man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was that? Sh- that thing you do. That I thing you do. I, 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 this, I, I keep forgetting titles. Oh my goodness, that thing you do is one of my favorites. I remember. Um, it. I don't. I don't know if I'm just making this up as a pop culture trivia fact. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I want to think that they sing "We're the Kids in America." What? Like, I don't think it's supposed to be like an original song, but I think at some point they sing "We're the Kids in America." Who actually sang We're the Kids in America? I don't know. Look it up. We're the Kids, kids in America. America. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but you think that's Josie and the Pussycats? No, I don't I don't think it's Josie and the Pussycats. I think that song makes an appearance in this movie. Is Josie and the Pussycats Well, you said it's based off of an Archie comic, so that mm-hmm. came out quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So like this is do you think that's what the Pussycat dolls name themselves after? No. It's very similar in an all girl group, you know? Mm-hmm. Pussycat Dolls is because it was a female review in Vegas and playing Pussycat. I completely forgot that. We learned about that on that uh, documentary, the 90s documentary about yeah. Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. uh, the Viper I like, Club. I like, I like, you're like, you just were like, it's about Johnny Depp when really that episode was definitely about uh, River Phoenix. It was, well, the barely. It was much more about Johnny Depp. <laughs> that whole thing was about Johnny Depp. Yeah, about the Viper Club because the Pussycat Dolls started at the Viper Club, right? Uh, yeah. Where River Phoenix died. Yeah. Um, okay. I think I did make that up completely. I don't think I've seen a song. <laughs> okay. I don't know why in my head I just think that that was happening. I just assume they sing a song that like they play a lot. Yeah. I mean, so Kim Wilde is the one who sang Kids in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, you're almost 1980. Well, speaking of made up pop culture, I had some made up pop culture the other <laughs> week. I was going back through and listening to one of the old podcast that I, I released recently and uh the last night that's made up <laughs> pop culture because it's it's a mix of two movies that do exist but that i don't remember because i've never seen either of them the green knight right. is one right right and then the last duel yeah we so really- <laughs> i just mixed those into the last night but would anybody really know the difference? Because to my knowledge, nobody's seen either of those movies. <laughs> it's so funny because usually like I catch stuff like that pretty quick, but I didn't catch it when we recorded. And then like um, you were playing me back the episode and I was like, like you were like, and the last night. And I was like, the last duel. 
like just like without like a second of hesitation i was like that's the wrong thing yeah we've never seen it <laughs> i know <laughs> we've never seen it and i tried to watch uh-huh. the green knight but you didn't seem too interested in it given like the type of movie it is no like the like at the time i didn't want like the time that you suggested it i did not want to watch it. honestly both of those movies i don't know if you'd love because you hate, i want to like, watch the last duel you just hate movies that have to do with like you have to ride horses to get places. I, I mean, yes, I, I hate those types of things. Both but, of these movies. But it has my girl crush in it, so. Sure. What's her name? Jodie? Jodie Comer. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to go see Josie and the Pussycats and see what songs they sing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, really I'll, <laughs> we, we didn't do a shot in the dark. I should. Yeah. Here's a good thing that you didn't make your shot in the dark that they're going to sing Where the Kids of America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Do you have a shot in the dark? No, I don't know anything about this movie. I don't either. Um, okay, my whole... I, this is what it's going to be. My shot in the dark is that they have a song they're going to sing multiple times. Okay. Because movies well, like this... seem like a shot in the dark, but okay. Well, we can't prove that they sing any songs. I, I, I think, like, the premise of the movie tells you that they're going to sing a song. Maybe, but maybe not. Because here's the thing. Think about, like, uh, The Sound of Metal, right? That guy's in a band, but they don't repeat a song over and over again. Yeah, but the movie isn't about him becoming a famous drummer. It's about him having to deal with, like, the repercussions of drumming. This Uh, is literally about them becoming a world-famous band. Okay, so here's another example. Walk Hard. Walk Hard, he sings a lot of songs, but he doesn't seem sing the same song every time. Okay. So, for instance... So, you're trying to basically say, like, they're singing that thing you do over and over again. Exactly. Okay. Where, like, it has to be the same song. Okay. Where they basically were like, we're going to make one song for this because we don't want to make any other ones. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to have them playing that one song every scene. Okay. Not every scene, but you know what I mean. Like, many Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. So, if they have something like that, which so far we haven't been able to identify, Mm -hmm. that's my shot in the dark. So, what is your shot in the dark? My shot in the dark is that they're doing a photo shoot for the cover of a magazine and they're trying to make them wear something that's too revealing and they don't feel comfortable. That's very specific. Yeah, that's a shot in the dark. That makes it seem like you've seen this movie. I've never seen this movie, Sean. They're going to re- wear something too revealing on a photo shoot for a magazine cover? I mean, it is. I mean, this is like <laughs> that era. Have you seen a uh, like a trailer? Honestly, no. Weird. No, no, that, that's like... That's a real specific. That's a good shot in the dark. Also, our very long shot in the dark will be if Cory Booker appears. Oh, my God. Or, <laughs> or if anybody reads Rosario Dawson pages from a book. Stupid. I'm pretty sure I heard a story that Cory Booker literally calls her and just reads her pages from books. Yep. I'm pretty sure I heard that. Yeah, you did. So if either of those things happen, that's our really long shot in the dark. It is. We have to take two shots if that happens. Okay. It's not happening, so. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's go watch this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. Okay. This was such a sweet surprise. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible movie in some ways, but it's also like a really good movie in some ways. Okay. So it started off like I thought it was going to be horrible. Yeah. And then about, like, 15 minutes in, you realize, like, the movie's in on the joke. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's my favorite type of movie. It's just campy, which is your thing. Yeah. Well, I don't think this is super camp. Mm, I don't know. But, no, this is literally my type of movie. And it's, like, if we've learned anything here, I love this era of movies. And, like, this is, like, the exact reason why I love this era of movies. 
This movie reminded me a lot of Charlie's Angels. No. I think it had very similar humor to Charlie's Angels. No. I thought the feel, like the cinematography. No. I think it was. No. I think so. You're going to sleep out on the ice tonight? Over saying that Josie and the Pussycats was like Charlie's Angel? No, because I was, I'm like trying to build a thing that like it knew what it was. Charlie's Angels was a straight cash grab. Yeah. This was a social commentary on the cash grabs. Sure. Well, I don't you know. don't think so? I don't know. Okay. Like <laughs> 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 I can't. <laughs> like I can't <laughs> take this. <laughs> no, I mean I I definitely think that it was a commentary on it, but like I mean, it's also a movie made by Hollywood movie executives. Sure, but nothing's really a commentary on anything because it's all made by okay, the people see, who like, own the system. You're like you are the definition of people that are horrible. <laughs> like <laughs> But you know what I'm saying. But, like, like, you can say that about, like, books. You can say that about anything. And that's true. It's, like, a very small number of high echelon people get to choose what gets made. And that's what we see. And so some of it is commentary, but it's, like, commentary that they allowed. You know what I mean? Right. But, whatever. I I loved this. I'm not trying to say that it's the same movie as Charlie's Angels. I'm just saying that, like, the filmography and the feel of the jokes seemed very similar. The dynamic between the three main female leads felt a little similar, which maybe that is just a dynamic that they had in the early 2000s. You had like the leader and then you have the strong one and then you have the dumb one. Right. I just like I guess like my thing is that like when this movie started, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so dumb. And then like oh, like there was like a point where I was like, oh, it knows that it's dumb mm-hmm. and is trying to make fun of how dumb this shit is. Yeah. Charlie's Angels was not that. I don't know. Are you kidding me? We ended up rating Charlie's Angels pretty well. No, we didn't. I thought we did. No, it was horrible. Mm, I thought we did. Okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, we start out with a bang, everyone. So learn that the reason that we have to drink to the word du jour, I guess that's two words, um, is because there is a boy band that is like the boy band at the time, like when the movie opens. I also wrote that down because is du jour a believable boy band? Because <laughs> I don't no. think in any way du jour is a believable boy band. Like in terms of like the people or the name? Both. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the people real quick. One, Seth Green. Yep. Two, Donald Faison, you, m- you know him the most from Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Three, Brecken Meyer yep. from Garfield John, fame. <laughs> John Arbuckle. <laughs> Which he would have played John Arbuckle like three years later or something, right? Yeah. What year mean, was that again? We've, do you want to know what's, but like what's crazy is like the members of DuJour, other than the one that nobody knows the actual actor, the, the three that I just mentioned were uncredited in the movie. Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess they're only in one scene until the end, but, like, I don't know. So, in terms of what you're saying of it being, like, in on the joke, that has to do with all the product placement. Because the product placement is a drinking rule mm-hmm. every time you see it. It's, like, every second of the movie. But it's intentional. So, even from the first scene, they're on, like, basically a target plane. Right. It's, like, half target, half bounty. <laughs> bounce. Oh, bounce. Yeah, I, like, okay. the, like the, like, dryer sheets. Okay, yeah, yeah, bounce. Okay, yeah, so it's like half of each. And then, I guess, not to spoil it, (laughs) it's what, like 20 years old, 21 years old? Don't spoil it. I would have been upset if I knew. Sure, okay. You have that. 
you have like every minute of them walking through anything. Like they basically walk through a Virgin Records. So if you ever remember walking through mm-hmm. Virgin Records, I don't know where they were popular at, but in Texas they had some. And it looked identical to this. I mm-hmm. think the only made up company in the entire movie is Mega Records. Right, which is the record label. Which is the villain. <laughs> Virgin Records. Yeah. Like it is 100% modeled off of that because Virgin Records had a very distinct look. They're always in malls, for one. The one that was in the mall that I was near to was, like, how you cut across the mall. Mm-hmm. So, it had two entrances. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could walk straight through the whole mall. Mm-hmm. It was two stories, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think it was two stories. But it had, like, that exact layout that they showed in this movie. No, I mean, it looked exactly like a virgin. It's crazy to think now that Richard Branson has all that money from Virgin Records, <laughs> even though... Does that even exist anymore? I don't think so. I mean, he's transformed it more into, I mean, his money is now coming from travel with the airlines and the cruise ship. Well, yeah, I mean, so it's been an airline for a while now, but like the airline, the cruise ship is new. You always had like, I think they, they still do like production maybe. And mm-hmm. then, but like all of his money was from Virgin. Yeah. It, so it's like weird to think about now that like it almost doesn't exist in terms of Virgin records. Right. Or at least the stores don't exist where they were selling CDs. Uh, one thing that we got out of this that I don't think either of us were expecting was a direct reference to Spice Girls, which we're about to watch Spice World. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, like, literally was talking about Spice Girls. Yeah, I mean, they directly Mm -hmm. brought it up. Mm -hmm. And again, I guess I don't want to spoil it, why they would bring it up, but... I mean, we can we can bring it up. Like, I mean, like the entire movie is the fact that this record label is actually brainwashing everyone with subliminal messaging through music. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like, it's like a government program, so mm-hmm. it's not just like a company led by one of my favorites, Parker Posey and Alan Cumming, who I didn't recognize throughout the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> like literally the entire movie, I did not recognize him. Even you though I told saying, him in the first like scene who it was. <laughs> yeah, you kept saying his name, but like he doesn't look like himself through any of this movie. And to then, me, he does. I mean, to me, he does not. Then you told me that he was Nightcrawler in well, X Men because I have to think of things that I know you've seen, and I know that you've seen the original X Men, and he was Nightcrawler in that. Again, I guess I just saw it when I was too young, and I haven't really watched rewatched it since. Because there's, there's no way to recognize him in that role. You just have to know it's him, right? Because he doesn't look anything in like X-Men? himself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't look anything like himself. He doesn't speak in his own accent. He, like, speaks no. in, like, a fake made-up accent. Right. We watched that, like, last year. The first one? We watched all the X-Men last year as a part of post-Marvel. We were watching the prequels. Mm-hmm. And then we started to watch it. I don't... I didn't think we finished it. No, we, we watched the first couple that happened before things changed before future days passed or whatever huh i really do not remember watching like the third one yeah we watched it where there's like the kid who like has all those powers and phoenix kills xavier i think we cut it off short because we were trying to watch it in order Mm -hmm. which means that we had to watch the newer ones first because they're prequels i don't know it's not important to this (laughs) yeah (laughs) So Alan Cummings is, uh, Cumming is in the movie. <laughs> he is. And I guess I didn't know that he was Nightcrawler. When we learn about like the government plot of uh, brainwashing consumers, I got like a really exciting moment. I mean, it was a complete aside and like they're like showing you like how like they're influencing fashion. And it's like a girl like showing like a like a sketch of like a clothing drawing. 
And she's like, it's like Buffy meets Chicken Run. (laughs) (laughs) Which is such a great reference of just the time. (laughs) But as a huge Buffy fan, I love to hear Buffy Buffy call out. One thing that they bring up throughout this whole movie is like, I don't know what you, you probably know, but I don't know what they call tops that are basically bandanas that you tie around your top. What is that style of top? I mean, they're just referred to as crop tops, but crop tops are different, like encompass a lot of things. Okay. Cause I mean, I know what a crop top looks like, but like the specific type from the nineties that looked like you literally took a bandana Mm -hmm. and tied it around yourself Yeah, because like it literally comes to a point and it has no back, whatever that is called. Like if that's a crop top, then sure. But uh, that is so specific to the nineties for me or in early two thousands. Okay. This is important. Uh, Like not at all related to what we're talking about, but I just got a text from one of my closest friends who just moved to LA that Miles Teller just walked into the bar that she's in. Miles Teller? Yeah. <laughs> and she's obsessed with Miles Teller. So this is like really big news for her. <laughs> Have her ask him to play the drums. <laughs> she's only going to ask him about being in Taylor Swift's music video. Hmm. But she's for sure going to go walk up to him. She's insane. Like in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's back to the movie. Yeah, speaking of someone insane, in this movie, Missy Pyle, her character in this is kind of insane. She plays the sister of Josie and the Pussycats' original manager, because they eventually get taken over by this big label that is run by Parker Posey. But they keep hiding Parker Posey's face like you're not supposed to know who it is or whatever. Yeah, that's kind of weird because like they then just reveal who it is right yeah it, it there's no real like big reveal it's just they keep hiding her face for some reason i don't remember why but either which way she plays missy Pyle does alexandra who is the sister of alexander the manager and their relationship is bizarre she's also just a weird character she just acts weird the whole movie she doesn't really ever have any character development like she's not made to feel like a real character And that is brought up in one scene because my favorite quote from the movie (laughs) was she's on a plane riding with Josie and the Pussycats to like go sign their record label type thing. And someone, I guess her brother, says, why are you even here? And she says, I'm here because I was in the comic book. (laughs) And he goes, huh? And like, she's like, acts as if she didn't say anything. Right. Which is great. So like, that's such a good nod to knowing what it's doing. Yeah. Let me give you an instance of a very intense flashback that this movie gave me. Mm -hmm. It was towards the end of the movie, and there's like a close-up on Josie's face. And I recognize the lip gloss that she's wearing with like, I mean, like, like before we, two hours ago, if you were like, can you name like a lip gloss like you wore? Like in the early 2000s, I've been like, I don't know, like some lip smack or, you know, like I, I couldn't have told you anything. Mm-hmm. The second I saw the hue on her lips, I knew with 100% certainty that she was wearing the Clinique lip gloss in the shade Honeybee. And like, for I mean, I can't tell you the fact to be able to like, just like know that to your core is insane. Like- Sean, you don't understand. Like, as a woman, as a girl, you have millions of lip gloss formulas and shades available to you. Mm-hmm. 
I would bet our house on the fact that she was wearing Clinique Honeybee. That's weird. Like it was like I could start smelling it. Like like I can smell it right now. Like I, I can't. I can't even. There's nothing similar for guys other than, of course, we went through the period with like Axe body spray. And there was at the very beginning of that period, just a few scents. So there's that, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but other than that, I'd say bedhead. Bedhead was like the one thing that almost every guy I knew had. Nice. You know what I'm talking about? To like mm-hmm. spike their hair and everything. Yeah, exactly That's what, what it's you're called. About. It's called bedhead, right? Um, and it had bed in the name for sure. I think it might have been bedhead. I'm, gonna look. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm looking. Yes, it's bedhead. Yes. By uh, T-I-G-I. I guess. You know, it was just cheap and you could buy it at Walgreens or really anywhere. You could buy it like every store, like Target, Walmart, Walgreens, wherever it was. So they made a whole line of things. Yeah. One was like a blue gel. Mm-hmm. That you squeeze out, and then they had like a pomade type stuff too. They also had like a cement, yeah, which is like if you wanted the real hard spiky yeah. spikes, like or whatever. But like I remember that being so popular because, or something like it, where I was, it was at least it was bedhead, but it was because everybody was spiking their hair, right? So like even when I was in early high school, people were still spiking their hair, but in like middle and elementary school in particular, you had to have bedhead. And the reason was because you did the whole, like, you put it in your hair (laughs) and then you took one hand and, like, did, like, a salute, right? And then you took the other hand and you ran it (laughs) across the top of your head to make the duckbill. Yes. (laughs) Because that, like, duckbill thing was so specific to one era of time. I, to my knowledge, cannot identify one other time that the duckbill was popular. Yeah. And I remember every time that I would do that, which was for at least a couple of years, some relative would be like, oh, you look like you ran into a wall. <laughs> but like everybody at school did it. You're like, you just don't understand. Right. And there was always somebody named like Dustin <laughs> who who wore his hair like that and like right. made everybody else want to wear their hair like that. Right. <laughs> Man, those memories that I just wasn't expecting. Same with TRL. Yeah. I... So it took me a long time before I was ever allowed to watch MTV. I feel like maybe I was like 14 when MTV was allowed in our house, which was way late than every all my it's other like friends. Almost after it was popular. Exactly. But I was able to finally get it, break my mom's walls down. And I mean, I was kind of fancy. I would TiVo every episode. Yeah, this is really late. Yep. To have a TiVo. Exactly. And then I would watch it after school every day. You know, in undergrad, I considered buying a TiVo, and I didn't because it was like two or three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. My parents still have TiVo. Really? Yeah, their recordings are through TiVo. I guess because they have regular cable. Yeah, but also like the one thing about my mom is that like when she buys something, she'll make it last for a lifetime. It's just like TiVo hasn't been popular <laughs> in like at least ten years. Right. It is what is <laughs> in my parents' house. That is weird. <laughs> I mean, I guess, again, if you have <laughs> real cable and you don't have, like, Xfinity, like, X1 or whatever that thing is called, then I guess you need a TiVo, really, kind of. Because where they live, too, they have, like, one option, and it's a cable company I've never heard of. So, it's right. I, don't, I don't think they're offering that type of service. Right. Okay, here's another thing. Mm-hmm. My friends and I would always say this one thing, like, as a joke, and I had no clue that it was a thing. Until this movie. 
What was that? It's like one of those things, like, you know, like when there becomes like an inside joke to the point, like you don't even remember how it started. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what this was like. Mm-hmm. But we would always just jokingly say, we can braid each other's hair and have tickle fights. And that was like what Pussy Parker's character said at the end of this movie. So they probably got it from this. Oh, they 100% got it from this. And you this. just didn't know. I had no clue. Like I was the only mm. person who didn't know the origin story of this joke that we'd say to each other. That feels a lot like when we watch Hot Chick and you remember doing the yeah. like patty cake type yeah, thing. Yeah, But whatever that was. Yeah. What was that? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I was like. Something, something. Something, he's something. he's going to score. Yeah. I don't. That's all I know. I just remember the general mm-hmm. rhythm of it. But yeah, I mean, because I remember when you were watching mm-hmm. that, you're like, oh, that's what that was from. Yeah. So you knew it from, yeah. from school, I guess, or yeah. your friends, but you didn't know the movies because your mom didn't let you watch it. Yeah. So, I mean, Wow. So educated during this movie tonight. I don't know why I never watched Josie and the Pussycats. I guess it just like wasn't marketed to me at the time period, right? Yeah, I guess you didn't listen to the right subliminal message to go watch it. <laughs> I just have a feeling, especially this came out in 2001, right? Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it was like hardcore, like marketed to girls. Right. And so I, I just probably, what probably just wasn't in my universe. Right. Because I wasn't seeing movies because of TV commercials. I was seeing it because like people in school talking about it. Right. So, like, I was seeing things like Underworld, which, surprising that my parents let me watch Underworld. <laughs> I've never seen it. That was in, like, late high school, late, late middle school. Yeah. Well, I had a blast watching this movie. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought it was surprisingly good. Uh, and again, I was not, you know, crapping on it when I was saying that it was like... I felt kind of like you were crapping on it. No, I don't think so. When I, I mean, when, when I said it was like Charlie's Angels, it's just because, like... The time period almost exactly overlapped. The feeling of the movie, like the cinematography of the movie mm-hmm. felt very similar. And the dynamic of the group felt very similar. Mm-hmm. But we talked about this during the movie. There are the three archetypes of like female characters in these early 2000s movies. Mm-hmm. And all three of these women fit that with Tara Reid being like the insanely stupid one. Like that it was like, too much. Like that couldn't function as an, like a human being. Right. right? Like. You couldn't live by yourself if you were actually as dumb as Tara Reid acted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, it, she's like beyond the point of just like a little ditzy. She's like, she's immensely stupid in this movie. Like right. on purpose. That's that's how she's written. And that to some extent is like what Anna Ferris was in Hot Chick. It's what Amanda Seyfried was in Mean Girls. Honestly, I think she was like a little less explicitly dumb. Compared to this, like that character in Mean Girls, mm-hmm. I think is is not quite to the level that. No, she definitely was Karen of Tara Reid's character. Yes, if not worse. I don't know. There's a point where like every single line she was she... saying, you were groaning. I mean, same with Karen. It's just a little bit written better. Yeah, it was like the same tone and everything as Tara Reid. Okay, right, what are you rating this? In terms of drinkability, I give it a nine out of ten. Me too. Especially because of the product placement rule, which I think it's like it's built into the movie. So it's not Mm -hmm. just like pop star, like I mentioned before this. Mm -hmm. It's like that was real product placement that they were trying to pass on you. But Mm -hmm. this one is like so built into it that, yeah. It's satirical. Yeah. And so like that's definitely a good drinking rule. There are a lot of other ones. Um, They do play a lot of music or sing random songs or, you know, whatever. So you can drink to that. I think that all the drinking rules that we mentioned hit. And it was fun to drink to. It was the type of movie that I like to drink to. I agree. Um, in terms of like as a movie, I'm giving it an 84. 
Really? I, I really love this movie. What did you get it for the drinkability, though? I said 9 out of 10, like you. Oh, so you disagreed with that score? Yeah. Okay. See, now, that's where we differ. <laughs> I was going to give it, like, a 68. <laughs> that's fine. Because I think that it, this is the perfectly good comedy. It's fun to watch. Like I said... I think it's a great drinking night movie. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But I thought Charlie's Angels is a good drinking night movie. I, I don't know. So that's why I was like, in my mind, I'm giving it like roughly the same rating as that. I don't necessarily think it was quite as smart as you were playing it off to be, but I definitely think that it is watchable and fun to like fun to drink to. But in terms of like acting, you know, like the acting in this wasn't as good as like Mean Girls acting. I don't know. There's a lot of like hokey things in this to some extent, but I think overall, I, like it's it's a pretty good movie. You mentioned at the beginning that the Rotten score is pretty bad, right? It's not great. So I, I feel like that's not necessarily warranted. It's definitely not going to win any awards. No. But it's definitely an enjoyable comedy. I, I would say it's like, you know, multiple times better than The Hot Chick or something like that. Yeah. Well, are you ready for uh, Space World? I guess so. <laughs> An even worse score on Rotten. All right. This synopsis tells you nothing. Hang on to your knickers. Pump up your platforms and fasten your seatbelts because the Spice Girls are taking center stage in their feature film debut, Spice World, a roller coaster ride which will spice up your life and open your eyes very wide. Like, what, huh. like what is that? Like, what? They didn't tell me anything. What year did this come out? 97. Yeah, so it's, it's fairly early. Uh, it's directed by Bob Spears, who uh, this was his highest rated movie at a 36 on Rotten. Only other movie he really did was That Darn Cat, which also came out in 97. That's his highest rated? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Spice World, mm. as far as I remember it, is not good. Uh, but I only remember two, roughly two scenes. Because I saw this when I was in... You were in third or fourth grade. Third or fourth grade. Yeah, that's, that's probably about right. Because I just remember watching this when I lived in California. And... I remember loving the Spice Girls for some reason. I mean, it's it's just kind of popular, you know. But mm -hmm. I remember that I had a friend that lived across the street, and we would go over and like play video games and stuff like that. So most of the time, we were just playing like uh, PlayStation or N sixty four or something like that. PlayStation probably came out like right as I was leaving. But we'd always play video games and then he would like randomly put on music as we were playing because mm -hmm. he had like a, an actual game room that was mm -hmm. my first friend with like a, a game room mm -hmm. where like you had video games there or like it was just us up with a tv mm -hmm. and a stereo because in my house we had like two bedrooms <laughs> for everybody <laughs> and so like we didn't have everything like differentiated like that but anyway so i just remember very vividly that we were playing crash bandicoot on playstation one and he put on one of the Spice Girls albums. I don't remember which one, but it's the one that like has the most popular songs on it, right? Like mm -hmm. if you want to be my lover and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And he played that. And that was like in the background where we were playing Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> and I guess that was like right before we then would have like shunned that type of music. We were just young enough that we weren't yet being pressured to not listen to the Spice Girls. Because I remember very vividly in fifth grade, the moment <laughs> at which I could no longer listen to Backstreet Boys. Because there was a moment <laughs> when where it was really cool to listen to Backstreet Boys. Mm -hmm. And it very quickly became very not cool as a boy to listen to Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. 
it was like over like a light switch. It was like overnight. Yeah. You could no longer listen to that. Now yeah. you had to listen to something else because that was like too girly. Yeah. Um, I'm about to blow your mind. Uh-huh. And this movie is Alan Cumming. Really? Yeah. We keep finding <laughs> pairings like this. I know. Not even intentional. Well, what we're learning is that bad comedies have all the same people. <laughs> right. Though, I mean, like, the last one wasn't bad, but it was that same genre of, like, right. it wasn't, like, highbrow comedy. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, and Brick and Meyer. Wait. Yeah. Oh, Elton John's going to make an appearance? Hugh Laurie? Meatloaf? R.I.P.? Well, I'm really excited to tell you that Drink When has rules, which... Now I'm feeling a little bit lame that we've celebrated Drink Wins so much because they have not had rules for like the past like 50 movies. Uh, what did I use last week? You used one that we've Was used. it Drunken Me? Drunken Me, yeah. Uh, that one's been like a little shoddy too because mm-hmm. like they can't don't have any grammar to their rules. Yeah. All right. So Drink Win rules are anyone says girl power, they sing. <laughs> there is extreme midriff. <laughs> you see the Union Jack. Uh, you see the news or a newspaper, and Baby Spice has a lollipop. Here, All right. Here's the quote that they have. Now hear this. It is dangerous to leave moisturizing cream in the refrigerator, as it could be mistaken for mayonnaise. That is all. <laughs> Sean, I'm worried. Here's the thing. I don't remember <laughs> a single thing about the premise. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the two scenes I remember. The one scene I remember is when they see Elton John and... I, I, in my mind, I remembered that. And so I'm glad you read that he was in it. Mm-hmm. They meet him like, I think he's backstage or he convinces them to go do something. Either which way, there's another scene uh, where I think they have to like speed off somewhere. They're in like a van, mm-hmm. like a mystery machine style, like van, or maybe it's a tour bus or something like that. I'm sure. It's not just like a double decker. I don't remember. It, it's some sort of van. I feel positive it's like a double decker. It, it could be. But basically, like, they're missing something or, like, they were convinced not to go to something and now they're going or, like, that type of thing where they now have mm-hmm. to rush somewhere. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where, like, I'm pretty sure it might be the London Bridge, but, like, some bridge is up and they have to, like, make a jump. Now, I'm going to hope that that wasn't a false memory. <laughs> but in my mind... <laughs> In my mind, I remember, and again, I haven't seen this since like second or third grade. Mm-hmm. So, but in my mind, I remember, I guess we, we determined it was third grade, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I remember that when they do the jump scene, it switches to like a toy van mm-hmm. intentionally, that it's no longer like, mm-hmm. like a real van, that mm-hmm. it's like very clearly not mm-hmm. a real van. Right. And then they land on the other side. I hope that's real. Is that your shot in the dark? Well, but I, I mean, I, it's like a <laughs> recollection, right? Like... <laughs> I've been trying to think of like what my shot in the dark could be. Uh-huh. I I can't think of anything because a part of me feels like this is not going to be a real movie. <laughs> like, I don't know. So my the thing that I'm say, gonna say as a shot in the dark is that they're gonna be suggested like to do something like oh you should like do this and I'm like oh we're not like American wankers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, like, they're trying to be like, we don't want to, like, that's, like, too American for us. Sure. I'm pretty sure this movie is, like, PG. <laughs> is Winker is not PG? Look at that. Is sure. it PG? Uh, probably. I remember this movie being, like, made for children. I wasn't allowed to see it. PG. Yeah. So, 
And again, this is maybe a 90s PG, which, but you, you can get away with a little bit more somehow. But yeah, I, I'd say Winkers is maybe a little much for PG. I don't know. But okay. So, but like, I'm just saying, like, the sentiment. Yeah. Like scoffing at something because, like, you're trying to make us too American. Okay. That makes sense. I was going to ju- guess the bus jumping scene, but I think I'm remembering it and not mm-hmm. just like falsely remembering it. So, you don't get a shot in the dark then if you're remembering things. I don't remember any of the plot, though. I remember two scenes. Well, you don't get a shot in the dark, then. But I don't remember the movie. Okay, what, do you have a shot in the dark? No. Okay, then I don't know <laughs> how we're arguing about this. Well, no, uh, it, my shot in the dark was going to be, if they ever not in a song say Zigazaga. Okay. Isn't that what the... Uh, Zigazaga. I, I, I don't know what Melby's trying to say, but yeah, I know the sentiment. I don't Zig- know what the actual word she's saying is, because like, it's, it's like, not a word, right? Zig-a-zig-a-ziga. <laughs> I think it's zig-a-ziga. Okay, I'm going to look it up now. <laughs> it's not a word. It's not like she's saying a word, right? Wanna zig-a-zig-a. Yeah. So if she ever says that, but not in a song, because they're pl- definitely going to play that song, so it can't be when she's singing the song. Yeah, when they play that song, I'm going to be going bonkers. Sure. Okay, you ready? Yep. Let's go watch. All right. Here's the story from A to Z. <laughs> That's all I can think of now. <laughs> I mean, they sang just about every song in there, at least on that one album. Because yeah. I don't know what came out after. I just know one album. They sang every Spice Girls song that I know. Did they have multiple? They had multiple albums, right? I'm like, not the person to ask this question to. I just remember one, and it's the one where they're all like standing on the cover. Isn't that how it works? Sean, I'm not the person to ask this question to. I was not allowed to listen to Spice Girls. <laughs> right, I guess so. <laughs> um, wow, what a mess of a movie. It's very trippy, but in a really stupid way, because the plot doesn't make sense, the acting is terrible, it just bounces around. It's filmed as if it's just a series of scenes, individual scenes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when they go onto the bus, it's like the things that they do on the bus like don't make any sense to, like... I don't know. I, I couldn't keep track of the narrative. I couldn't keep track yeah. of like, they just say things, but like sometimes it's even hard to understand the dialogue because it's just so all over the place. Yeah. Like I'm trying to like think of how to explain the, like the plot, but like, I can't like somebody wants to like take down the spice girls because they were a headlining story in another newspaper or somebody wants to, like, sabotage them. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, at the end, it was, like, the movie of them. I don't know. It was so bad. <laughs> none well, of it, it made it, sense. No, there's so many layers, and none of them make sense. So it's, it's just impossible to follow. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. Which is hilarious because in the opening credits, we both pointed out that it said based on an idea, not a story, (laughs) not based on a story, based on an idea by Kim Fuller and the Spice Girls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. It's like the first scene is basically almost immediately a pillow fight. And that kind of sums up this movie. Yeah. Everybody like, you know what it is? It's the equivalent. Do you remember when McDonald's used to sell VHS tapes? No. Okay, maybe I'm the only person who remembers this. It might have been on, I think it's on VHS, but it might have been on DVD. I think VHS. 
Uh, okay, so a long time ago, you could go into McDonald's. They did this series of like cartoons that was like Grimace or like the, that's the purple thing, right? Mm-hmm. Or like the, um, hamburglar. the hamburglar. Yeah. Uh, Ronald McDonald was in it. But essentially, it was just these like 30 minute long cartoons and they were selling them. Like you could go for like, I don't know, a dollar or two dollars and mm-hmm. buy one. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a cat Happy Meal like toy. I love that you say that because what I was just thinking about is that this movie felt like a kid's TV show where right. they're like, you know, like it's like the theme of the today's episode is we're going to talk about shapes. Right. And then like there's a bunch of different piece together things that are like, here's like one scene where we are going to use shapes to like play a game. Yeah. Here's another segment where we're going to use shapes to like do math. You know, like that is what this felt like. <laughs> yes, that is. And that's what it reminded me of was just the level of quality of a made by McDonald's cartoon. <laughs> Literally. I need to find what that is. I think one, they're in space. We had a couple. Uh, I think there were only a few to start with, but they didn't give them out with Happy Meals that so you had to buy them. And I don't know how long they did this for. I'll have to look it up online sometime. Uh, but either which way, yeah. So, I mean, that's not um, high praise <laughs> for the Spice Girls or for Kim Fuller's ideas. Yeah. Also, not for Kim Fuller's ideas. We have got to talk about how poorly Melby was treated in this movie. Oh, yeah. Melby had it the worst of just about anybody in this whole movie. I mean, it was kind of like a like a your jaw drops, drops type moment. Like, I understand this was a different time and like we were not being, you know, cognizant of racial stereotypes. But they put this woman in African garb when there's absolutely no reason for it. They make her dress up as a Rastafarian. Yep. Absolutely no need for it. Mm-hmm. And then they also have her like in like tribal costumes. Yeah. And that's all kind of just out of nowhere. Yeah. There are some where they're like all doing costumes because right. it's like a photo shoot of sorts and they're all supposed to be their character, right? So like mm-hmm. that's the other thing about this is like everybody is just their spice personality. It's not mm-hmm. she's not Mel B. In mm-hmm. this movie, she is just scary spice. Mm-hmm. And they all talk to each other like they're the Power Rangers or something. Right. Right. Where they're like, that is their persona. Right. And I mean, just even the idea that her nickname is Scary Spice. That's not a spice. And like is it a coincidence that the one person of color in the group is called Scary Spice? I don't think so. I don't actually know why she's... Look it up. Look up why she's I look, called Scary Spice. I looked Sp- it up to some, some newspaper article, like, when writing about them, gave them all, like, just nicknames, and they gave her Scary Spice. No explanation why. It, it, ugh, ugh, it's just icky. It's just further condemnation of this mm-hmm, movie. Right. But it, not the only bad thing that happened to Mel B, though, mm-hmm. because, yes, there are just the racial things. Another thing that happens, though... Is part way through this movie, and I have no no idea why. A UFO shows oh, up, yeah. and aliens land and try to grab Mel B's boobs. Yeah, this movie was also PG. Yeah, I mean, we're really selling April Breland's point into why I wasn't allowed to, <laughs> or at least listen, watch, to, to watch, watch this movie. This, but <laughs> I just don't understand it. It was so confusing. I mean, like, think about it. Everything that we have just said, does any of that piece together? Can you even kind of guess at what the storyline might be? We just told you be? aliens. 
We told you about a photo shoot. We told you about a newspaper article. Like, what is this? There is Glenn from Superstore oh, yes. as like an FBI or CIA agent. There is a random uh, paper editor who is trying to knock, like, basically, like, knock the Spice Girls down a peg so he can write a story about it. There's Alan Cumming, who is directing a Spice Girls documentary. Like, what was he doing in this? I don't know. And Alan Cumming is, like, he doesn't really have a ton of dialogue. I guess he got, he does have some, but, like, he's always just following them, and mm-hmm. he's trying to make a Spice Girls documentary. Right. I don't know. There's a scene where their bus turns into a toy bus. I got that right. I yeah. remembered that accurately because I you was did. describing that before. I don't know. It, the whole thing is just like so trippy, but in a way that does not piece together on theme or narrative. Like not, nothing. Like if you can't have a narrative, you have to have a theme. Mm-hmm. Right. So like other conceptual things that are just weird, mm-hmm. like Yellow Submarine. Mm-hmm. That's weird. And it's hard to follow the storyline. Mm-hmm. But it is conceptually co- like cohesive in some way or another, like by theme or by something. Right. This does not have that. This was trying to do something like that, but wound up being worse than like Bear in the Big Blue House. Yeah, really, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of other very colorful like shows, like kids shows yeah. from that time period. Yeah. Absolutely horrendous. I don't know how anybody signed on to do this movie, but everybody signed on to do this movie. And that's the other problem. So we already mentioned Alan Cumming, mm-hmm. Glenn from Superstorch. I don't remember his actual name. Yeah, he was nobody. He was not a get for this. <laughs> no, no, no. Not at the time. But, you know. He's not anybody now either. But. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> but that's not it either. You have Hugh Laurie, Stephen Fry, which at the time were Fry and Laurie, which was like a huge comedy mm-hmm. duo. You have Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Who is nobody in this. He's like a bus bus driver. driver. You have Richard O'Brien, who wrote Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm -hmm. And was also Riff Raff. Yep. You have Elton John show up. You have Roger Moore, one of the James Bonds. Right. And he's just a random character, too, that's just like in a smoking jacket by a phone. God, the more we bring all this up, I'm like remembering the scenes there. And I'm like, what was this? There's so many dream sequences. Man. I don't know. And we haven't even talked about the fact that we couldn't even freaking watch this movie that's to begin with. <laughs> yeah, that, that should have been the first thing we brought up. This movie, I guess, understandably, is not in print anywhere. And no. it's not on any streaming service. So the only way you can watch it is basically to like find it streaming online, like, you know, on a random website online. Yeah. I don't even think we could find it on YouTube. No, we couldn't find it on YouTube. I mean, Sean literally had to jailbreak our fire stick. And then, like, we went and, like, found a sketchy-ass website and literally had to make our Fire Stick controller, like, a mouse where we could, like, point at it and then watch it, like, in a video streaming player. Like, it was obnoxious. But here's the thing. I tried every way to watch this that Mm -hmm. I possibly could. I tried to give someone money that is associated with this movie, and it was impossible. There was nowhere to buy it. There was nowhere to stream it. Shutter didn't have it for us. (laughs) <laughs> it was terrifying. Uh, no, I, maybe we need to start our own streaming service that's just really hard to find movies. So the others and... Essentially anything that's in limbo because of Harvey Weinstein. Because that is the problem with the others. <laughs> uh, it was because Harvey Weinstein was on that. I think that's why that I was actually stuck in limbo. And there's also a lot of other movies he's on, like Dogma, which is stuck in limbo because of Harvey Weinstein. It's like there's some there legal. There can't be every Miramax movie. It's, it's not just Miramax. It's uh, it's something else. Okay. But it's the movies where he, I think, was the executive producer or something. 
Um, but a number of movies that he has something to do with are stuck like this now. They can't be print. They also can't be put on streaming services. Uh, and I don't know what has to happen for them to like be releasable again. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, that's that's why Dogma, for instance, costs like four, like forty or fifty dollars right now for a DVD, like a DVD, mm. not a Blu-ray, a DVD of Dogma, because just, you cannot get it. Just message Kevin Smith and see if you can buy a copy from him. You can't. He probably has someone he can like, you know, like burn. <laughs> well, and that's the problem too, because they don't often own the rights to their own movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he can't just create his own streaming service or whatever, or like put it on his own website. He has his own like fan thing. You know, he can't put it on there though. Yeah, but he could say, "Oh, my loyal fan, Sean, I have a <laughs> copy lay, laying around my mansion. <laughs> Here you go." Maybe so. He probably would. Actually, our friend Tyler already said that he has a copy in his attic. <laughs> so if we can go <laughs> find it there, they have a really nice hey, attic. That's worth fifty dollars. <laughs> Um, God, do you have anything else to add about this train wreck? There's nothing else to say about it because it's too difficult to even think about. Okay, look, I wish that I had my phone around me so I could play the TikTok sound that's like, I want to give you a zero, but that's not possible. So I give you a one. (laughs) That is my rating for this movie. A one? Yes. (laughs) I was actually also going to give it a one. It, It might be one of the worst things I've ever seen. It was too bad so here's the problem if it's going to be that bad there needs to be something like in the room the room was this bad but the but room not this bad <laughs> well yeah in some ways but the room didn't have anybody famous in it mm-hmm. and the room also has lines that people now shout mm-hmm. right like there's things that came out of it because now it's a cult classic. Right. Spice World is not a cult classic to my knowledge. And I don't know how it could be because it's not playing anywhere and you can't stream <laughs> it and you can't buy it and you can't watch it in any easy way. If you're going to be as bad as The Room, something has to be so fundamentally funny about it that it becomes like that cult niche, right? Right. That does not happen with this. There's right. There are no phrases you're going to want to repeat. Right. There are no... Like scenes that you will remember, except for a toy bus going across the bridge. That's and again, that's that's all I remembered from when I saw it. But like, I was a kid and I didn't remember that aliens come down and grab Melby's boobs. <laughs> like, I didn't remember it, half of this stuff. It, it it is blowing my mind how hard this is to track. I don't know how anybody could do it. I don't like you. Okay. We should write down. <laughs> we should sit down sometime and write out the plot. Of what we think happened in this movie. Right. And then see how close it is when we both describe it. Seriously, though. I mean, and even, I mean, because it was such a mess to watch. I mean, I, I mean I'm even going to give it a one for a drinking movie score. Like, while it is a mess, it was, I, it was such a mess. It's a struggle. Okay, one is a little too hard. I'll give it like a five. I was going to give it a five. See, you keep stealing my ratings. <laughs> I was going to give it a five because... You can drink to it, mm-hmm. but it's not enjoyable enough to drink to. Exactly. So can I recommend that you go back and watch Spice Girls? No. Or Spice World, sorry. Spice World, no. Unless you are just like the biggest Spice Girls fan. Mm-hmm. Or you somehow on some... I don't, I don't know how this could be true. If somehow you are the one person who really connected to this movie <laughs> and you have nostalgia like surrounding this movie, I don't know how you can... I don't know. Spice Girls, like, I remember it pretty vividly from my childhood, and I couldn't remember a thing about this movie, and I felt nothing when I watched it. So it's just that not that type of movie. 
Yeah. Find them. I'm sure they were cameos in other movies. Yeah. In this time period. So, at least one of them was. Yeah. I mean, just listen to them on Spotify. It's way more enjoyable than trying to wait for the songs in this movie. Yeah. I mean, 100%. Well, that was an experience. I at least got to see Josie and the Pussycats out of this night, which I now love. Yeah, much more worth it. Yeah. Well, next week is my movie night week. So what are we watching? I'm so glad you asked. I'm so excited for this moment in time. Well, I'm mainly excited about my good movie. I'm going to say I'm not like pumped about my bad movie, but it just made too much sense that I had to choose it. Mm -hmm. So I have been on a mission for a very long time to get you to sit down and watch what is truly a cult classic movie, Heathers. Okay. You know the only way I know Heathers? Because I haven't seen it. I used to, this is going to be a a deep dive here and you're not going to (laughs) understand it. A long, long time ago. Oh, God. On StarCraft. Oh, God. When you logged into StarCraft, you had to go to like... StarCraft is a game? Huh? StarCraft is a game? Yeah. It's like related to Warcraft, but StarCraft, it's like the space version. Oh, Lord. Okay. So StarCraft, you had to sit in the lobbies before you played a game, right? There's lobbies? Yeah. They're like chat rooms. You like had to know the name to them, though. It was real weird. Anyway, they don't really do anything like this anymore. One at a time. Yeah. So when you were in these lobbies, that's like where you would go to create something to start a game. Or some people would just chat in them. And you could create a lobby or like name something that like only your private friends could join. Or you could join bigger ones. Some of them were locked and you had to like know a password to get into them. So like those were like the exclusive ones. But... They started doing like a trivia thing. So I don't know who ran it. It must have been like a bot that like was doing it. But like, I don't know, like a good like 50 to 100 people would sit in this room and it would ask a question and you'd have to respond as fast as possible. So then like the first person to respond got the most points and then et cetera, all all the way down the line. And it was like automatically tallying your score. So like that became kind of like a little subculture thing of people that would go to these trivia lobbies and play this random game. And I remember that there were some questions that would always repeat. So if I played enough, like sometimes I would get them easily. And one was about Heathers. I can't remember like the exact question it was asking, but it was like, what was it? Was this the 80s? Uh, Late 80s, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, what 1980 whatever comedy or dark comedy uh, features uh, Christian Slater as blah, 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 blah. And (laughs) And I remember that it was... Like, I, I, I eventually caught on that it was Heather's and I could answer that every time. Another one was Bull Durham, which I never saw Bull Durham either. But that's another one that would just, like, pop up frequently as an answer. So that is a deep dive that only a few people are going to understand. But if you understand it, there you go. <laughs> I, I don't know if I feel like I got anything out of that story, but okay. Yeah, I'm saying that's, <laughs> that's how I know Heather's, but I don't know the premise. Well. I know Christian Slater's in it. <laughs> Christian Slater is in it. As is Winona Ryder and Shannon Doherty. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really honestly like Mean Girls couldn't exist without Heathers. Yeah. Um, so like it's about a group of popular girls named Heather. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of them are named Heather except for Winona Ryder's character who is. Well, don't get too far into it until we get to next week. Okay. Well, I was just telling you. I'm going to have a shot in the dark. Okay. Well, I guess we're not going to summarize Heathers anymore. No, we'll summarize it when we get to it. Okay. And it's paired with. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so for the bad movie, and you might disagree with me on this, but for the bad movie, I'm choosing this movie because both Winona Ryder and Christian Slater make cameos in this movie as themselves. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, what are the odds? Like, the two leads of the movie I want to do, they are cameos in another movie. Mm, Yeah. So. Are they connected in any other way? I don't think so. Hmm. I might be wrong. We always find out whenever we watch our movies that there's pairings that we don't even understand. Right. (laughs) Um, But that movie is Zoolander. I love it. It's so good. I haven't watched it in a while, but it is so great. I haven't watched it in a very long time either. And I loved it, like, whenever it came out. It is the complete opposite of anything that I typically like. It is a harebrained comedy that has a lot of physical comedy and a lot of, like, things that I don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm thinking that I'm not going to enjoy it as much when we rewatch it. Like, I think younger me thought things were funny, but... Older me will not. I think that current me is going to find it funny. Yeah. Well, you find most things funny, so. You know. I'm excited. So I'm excited that you're going to see Heather's for the first time. I'm kind of excited to see what my reaction to Zoolander is going to be. I don't know. It'll be good. Yeah. Well, that's a pairing. (laughs) That is a pairing. (laughs) That's how we're going to end from now on. (laughs) That's a pairing. (laughs) That's how we should end from now on. Well, this was an experience, is what this was tonight. Yeah, normally we just drink, and this time <laughs> it was like a full-on hallucination to that last, it, to it that was. last movie. It was. Well. Okay. Well, uh, I will see you next week. All right. Not in between. <laughs> <laughs> see <laughs> we, you then. <laughs> we'll see you on movie nights now. <laughs> Bye. Bye.